This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. So this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, wrestling, but uh, we're not going to talk about uh, this week's WWE Raw or SmackDown because we just get angry every week when we do that. Yeah, I figure. So we're going to talk about different stuff. Yeah, I figure we'd change it up a little bit, you know. I I agree with you. I I, I do want to touch base on some WWE news I heard this week, but it's... It's yeah. it's not main roster new stuff. It's corporate yeah. stuff or yeah, NXT right. stuff, right? Which is fun, but you know, it's it just seems like we get on here and we're like those other podcasts that just go through and review and review and review, and it seems like we're always yep uh, bashing it more than why we love watching wrestling. Right, so right. oh, I I agree with you. So I just figured, yep. hey, let's change it up a little bit. And well, you know, honestly, my blog, uh, the Wrestling Insomniac, in case you haven't heard of it, uh, <laughs> I. Uh, Which you just posted a new one, right? I did just post a new blog. I posted uh, some uh, new trading cards I got. You know, I never, I very rarely talk about the current product, what's going on on my blog. You know, maybe I'll review a pay-per-view or something. But for the most part, I talk about shows I've been to. My buddy Roy, I post his stuff on shows he's been to recently, or he'll watch an old DVD of something and do a review on it, so I'll throw that up. But I like to write unique articles. I like to not write about the stuff that everyone else always talks about, which is kind of like what you're saying with the podcast today. Yeah. I mean, and that was the whole point of us wanting to do it. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we're friends, so of course we're going to talk about the current stuff or what we like or don't like about the new stuff, but, you know, there's so much wrestling out there and has been for, in our lives for a while or way back that we can remember even. So let's, for, let's just let's give it a little history lesson real quick. All right. Um, you know, uh, this is the second incarnation of a wrestling podcast that you and I have done in along with Aaron, who's not joining us this week. Mm-hmm. And the first one, um, you know, started over a year ago now. Yeah. So, I mean, you and I have been talking wrestling on a weekly basis for over a year, mm-hmm. essentially, you know. And if it's not in the recorded form for the podcast, we're still texting each other about it. We're still chatting about it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so I know we touch base here and there. And I have when I do my uh, my conversations with some, uh, some indie wrestlers, which I'm lining a few more of those up, by the way, for the future now that my work schedule is kind of allowing it. Um I'd like to revisit maybe something our current listeners haven't heard, and that's why did you start wrestling, watching wrestling, that is, to begin with, Ronnie? Um, it was always uh, my parents had me when they were still in high school, their senior years of high school. So I was um, always at my grandparents all the time, and my grandpa loved watching wrestling. Like the old Crockett promotion style, but it was 
but he just loved watching wrestling, period. Um, and then we had the St. Louis, the St. Louis, easy for me to say, right? The St. Louis um, indie promotion, we had that on the cable syndicate. I'm sorry, are you talking about Wrestling at the Chase? Yep, Wrestling at the Chase. That's not really an indie promotion, that was Sam Mushnick. Well, true, that was back but in I the mean, territory days. Yeah, the territory days is what I yeah. I meant. Like, I mean, it wasn't. I don't think you guys could get it in Maine, right? Um, no, we did not get wrestling at the chase. Yeah, right. But see, like the stuff that you guys saw was hard for me to see. You, you see what I'm saying? Well, okay, so you watched. Okay, so you watched wrestling at the chase. What else did you watch? And then, of course, you know we watched. Um, uh, the old, I guess, what is it, WC, like the TBS Superstars thing, like way back when. So, and Cro- Jim Crockett Promotions. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, of course, you know, there was Saturday Night's main event and Tuesday in Texas and all that stuff, you know, the well, WWF so, okay, stuff. Um, I'm sorry, Ron, I, I hate to date you. And don't, how old are you? I am 38. 39. Okay, same age as me then. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah. All right, so you were probably watching Georgia Championship Wrestling back in the mid 80s. Yeah, yeah. Because Georgia Championship Wrestling was around to around mid 80s. Yeah. You know, I can't remember. 83, 84. They got bought out by events, 85, or whatever, 86. Um, and Jim Crocker Promotions took over that Saturday night spot shortly thereafter. So you were watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. Did you get Florida champion, uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida at all? Um, back then, if I did, it was all the same to me because I was little. You know what I mean? Well, and you know what? For the most part, for the casual fan, um, that really – like a lot of those promotions like uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida, it seemed like it always utilized the same crew of guys – Mm-hmm. So it, it was almost interchangeable, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And like back then, I, I wasn't old enough to know the difference, I guess. You know, it right. was just wrestling on TV. <laughs> See, that was that was kind of me as well. Um, so before you talk about me, though, I want to talk more about you. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're what fine. Was the, oh, no, no. What, do you remember the first match you ever saw? Or what uh, was the first thing that was the most impressionable on you? As a little kid, yeah, or like later on. Well, as as what what as a little kid, I guess. Like, what's your earliest memory? Well, we used to have the um, the St. Louis promotion would always come to our auditorium once a month, and I got to see Harley Race and Rufus R. Jones when I was like eleven. That's awesome. And we had like front row. So it's basically kind of like you going the limitless, but it was back then. Yeah, yeah. Um I saw <sighs> I saw Shane Douglas before he was the franchise Shane Douglas. Yep. Um Harley Harley Race and Rufus I remember because they spilled out onto the floor like literally within a popcorn throw away from me. Nice. And you know, they're well I mean, they're not huge to us now as adults, but like when I was ten or eleven, it was they were ginormous, big guys, you know. And it's all real to me then, you know what I mean? Oh, big time. Um, let's see. Um, so that 
because I'd been watching it with my grandpa for, you know, years prior to that. But then I would say, uh, I want to say like 87, 88 is when they started coming to the auditorium in my hometown, like monthly. <sighs> Maybe. And um, I, it could have been earlier than that. I suck at dates. That's that's why you were you. You know what I mean? Um, but that was like one of the first times that I was like engulfed in it and I loved it. Are you there? Sorry, I was on mute. Oh, okay. For me, for me, the biggest event that I remember, like my first big show, was WrestleMania four. Now, I had seen WrestleMania, WrestleMania two, WrestleMania three, Starcades. I mean, I'd seen a lot of wrestling prior to this. I'd seen some Saturday Night's main events, on and on and on. So, like, I guess the earliest, earliest memory of wrestling that sticks out in my mind was watching and I'd always thought it was superstars of wrestling but most recently due to a blog post I did about it it was uh, it was actually wrestling um, uh, championship wrestling mm. it was their show prior to that mm-hmm. and it was uh, when Hulk Hogan and um, it was two weeks in a row Hulk Hogan and, and uh, Paul Orndorff they beat uh, the Moondogs okay and then a couple weeks later they wrestled again against Big John Stud and uh, Terror Bundy. I, now I don't remember, even though I just blogged about it. I know Stud was involved. And it's when Orndorff turned on Hogan. Okay. And I remember that vividly watching that on TV. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is, with one thing I remember the most, I think it was when they were wrestling the Moondogs and they made the ranchers. Hogan came out and then he stopped and he put his arm out so Orndorff could walk by and Orndorff took the lead walking them to the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I remember watching that, and I was already a fan then. But like, as far as that's because of the way my the way I watched wrestling chronologically, that's all I can really remember. Remember, as far as like that's the earliest thing I remember happening watching it, quote unquote, live on TV. Right. Because um, my dad always bought the ta- rented the tapes. You know, we'd go to the video store, we rent a VCR mostly, usually, mm-hmm. and then we'd rent all the wrestling tapes. You know, yeah, so I rented right. the pay per views. For WWE, the Coliseum Home Videos, best of the WWF. We rented weird women's wrestling ones that I didn't, you know, that that were <laughs> kind of garbagey now. Right. Um, we rented all the the turn home videos of the Starcades that they put out there. You know, uh, Starcade '86, the Night of the Skywalkers, '87 <laughs> yeah. out of Chicago, and eighty, you know, and then later on when they re-released a uh, a best of Starcade. Uh, plus the Jim Crockett Memorial Cups, which I really wish WWE – they put the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup tournaments on the network. I need to find those online and buy them. I want to watch them. Right. So um, – but the first like big memory I have of, of sitting down to watch is WrestleMania Four. As far as that was the first like big event I saw live. That was my first live pay-per-view card. And I remember we was at my dad's co-worker's house, and we mm. went over, and it was a Sunday. Normally, I would go home on Sundays, but instead, my dad was, like, not taking me towards my mom's house. Mm-hmm. And we just pulled into his friend's – Norman or Roland, I don't remember now. I mean, it's, it's 1988, yeah. right? Right, right, you know? right, yeah. Um, and I remember just going downstairs, and there was just being a sea of humanity down in the basement. And there was a chair sitting directly in front of the TV, like, in the middle – 
and uh, Roland, whatever, my dad's friend, the guy who drove the van to BIW, it's the shipyard. He uh, looked at me and he patted the scene and goes, we saved this one for you, young fella. My dad looked at me and nodded, so I went and sat down, and I had no idea what was going on. I just felt like I'm the only kid among all these men. <laughs> and then all of a sudden on the TV, it came up, you know, World Wrestling Federation, you know, WrestleMania 4. And I was like, oh, my God. And so, like, we watched the whole thing. And it was on at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a matinee. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I just remember sitting there watching that whole thing and just, like, you know, when Hogan lost, because I was a huge Hogan fan then, of course. Mm -hmm. And then when Hogan lost, but, you know, that was sad. But then, you know, when Savage beat Ted DiBiase, because, again, I was, was, it was real. Right. It was real to me, damn it. And, uh. I just remember, you know, his the, the guy's wife doting all over me. She kept coming down. Do you need something else to drink? She'd bring me snacks, on and on and on. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I think about, like, my son now because my son just turned 11. And so, like, um, you know, this past summer, uh, SummerSlam, you know, it was weird. Like, I happened to be off that night, so I wasn't working. And he uh, he wanted to stay up and watch it with me. And it wasn't a school night either, so that was different, you know? Right. And I was like, yeah, you can stay up. And, so, and that was like the first – like I've taken him to a bunch of wrestling shows, by the way. So it's not like he's never been to wrestling shows. But like I suddenly remembered all that. Like to me, I was looking at my son who was 10 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, uh, almost nine when this happened with WrestleMania 4. And I just remember thinking like – Okay, because he was so excited he got to stay up and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah. That's like the same thing like when we were, I can only imagine with you, but like with me, like when you had Saturday night's main event. Yep. Or even like I know for me, I remember vividly watching Tuesday in Texas, right? Because it wasn't like a Saturday or a Sunday <clears throat> when we uh, saw it. Yeah, this Tuesday in Texas, yeah. Right, so my dad let me stay up late on a school night to watch it, which was thrilling. and Or maybe it wasn't a school night. Yeah, well, I don't Usually it would be Tuesday night, would be. Yeah, but it, it was... It wasn't over the summer, right? It was like... No, this Tuesday in Texas was like uh, December. Okay, okay. I'm in November, so it was was right after Survivor Series. Yeah, okay. Either December, like, 1st or 2nd, or it was November, like, 30th or something like that. So, yeah, it's like, not only am I getting up to stay late, but now I'm getting up to stay late to watch wrestling, you know? And that's yeah. that's the fun part, and it, and and like you said, like my son's older, obviously. Yeah. December third, nineteen ninety one. There you go. Yeah. Your son's older. Yeah, my son's older, but I tried to enthrall that into him, like when he was like your son's age, say. Yeah. And now, like, he has his own bedtime because he's in high school. Right. You know. Um, but that's our like Monday night or Tuesday night thing or Friday night thing sometimes when he's actually home on a Friday because, um, ring of honors on for us on Friday night. Yeah. Ring of honors on in like 15 minutes for me. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If I put it on a comet TV, Uh yeah, my, one of my uh, local channels here. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and I think it's like last week's show or last Saturday's show. It's weird. Like they hype it as being like the primary network that it's on, but right. then it's like last week's episode. Right. Yeah. Let's see here. Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's on at twelve a.m. So. So is that um, this week's or last week's that you're? Gonna, I don't know. That you're, I don't know. I'll find oh. out when the show starts because it doesn't have the match listing. Because okay. I don't have cable, so it's just it's just over the air TV. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. But whenever I'm whenever I'm home on Wednesday night, I like to watch Ring of Honor wrestling on the comment, and then sometimes it's on Saturday nights as well, like on uh, Channel 13 because uh-huh. it's a local channel. Uh-huh. And I sit there and I think, oh my god, it's Wednesday night at midnight, and I'm watching wrestling, and it's on my TV watching right. wrestling. You know. Um, yeah. Because like when Saturday Night's main event was on as a kid, one of the things we used to do is uh, we'd know it would be on because we looked in the TV guide. And for those who don't know what the TV guide is, it was a weekly like magazine, digest-style magazine book that came out. And that's how you knew it was on TV. We didn't have guides on TV. We didn't have – you couldn't hit the info button on your remote to have it <laughs> tell you what's on and what's on next. Like you just – you didn't know. You either had to know when stuff was on because it was on every week or you watched commercials or – you got a TV guide. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because the TV guide was around for 70, 80 years, whatever it was. Oh, and now yeah. it doesn't, now it doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So anyways, and oh God, when I was a kid, I used to look in the TV guide. I used to read it because my, my dad got it. My grandmother got it. My mom never did. Cause she would use the free one out of the Sunday paper for her TV listings. Oh, gotcha. Cause my mom was cheap, which is <laughs> fine. Couldn't afford that dollar twenty five for the TV guide. <laughs> so I, um, when I was at my nana's or my dad's, whenever I saw one, I'd start reading through it. So I could read. I would literally go through day by day, every single day, and read every single thing that was listed as on TV, because I wanted to try to find if I could see when wrestling was on. And when I was a little kid, um. On PBS, which is our local channel, like mm-hmm. uh, channel, you know, our channel ten PBS, right. at like two o'clock in the morning or two ten in the morning or something like that, uh, Jack Hormer, Star Hustler, was on. Do you do you know what that is at all? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, okay, all right. I don't uh, really they, remember remember it, but yeah, it. And basically, it's okay. The show has the scariest music. They used to scare the crap out of me when I was a kid. Um, it's weird, like high pitched whistling noise thing. I don't know. Lost Valley Ski Resort up here uses it too for their commercials. Anyways, um, I thought it said Jack Homer starring the Hulkster. <laughs> so I used to try to stay up to watch it because I wanted to see the Hulkster, but I never could because it was on at like two ten in the morning and I was a little kid. Right. But I would scour the TV guide looking for when wrestling was on. And then I'd write it down so I, I would know when you know when I'd find out when to watch it because, like, at my mom's house uh, we got only superstars of wrestling because we didn't have cable, mm-hmm. so I could only watch superstars in syndication. We didn't get Wrestling Challenge that was on Channel Seven out of Bangor, which we didn't get down my way. So I only got to watch superstars every week. And then at my dad's house, uh he had cable, so I could watch uh, Superstars of Wrestling. I could watch. Um, oh, wait, that's oh, yeah. I could watch Superstars of Wrestling. I could watch Wrestling Challenge. I could watch WC. I could watch Saturday Night. I could watch Worldwide, the main event. Um, you know, and then later on, my mom did get cable. I used to watch AWA on ESPN every day after school at three o'clock because it was on every day after school at three o'clock or four o'clock. 
Um, and then we used to get, and then years later, after AWA was gone, uh, we would get uh, G, uh, Global Wrestling Federation. We'd get GWF, which was the kind of the federation that took over at the Sportatorium after World Class shut down, was bought out, and became the USWA and everything. Except I remember seeing Kevin Von Erich wrestling on the show. And actually, if you go on the network right now under Hidden Gems, there's a match featuring uh, Jerry Lynn against the 1-2-3 kid and 2 out of 3 falls match from Global. And it's that that wrestling, that Global Federation. And then we also got um, – so at my mom's house on State Cable Channel 9, that was our local channel, you know, cable channel channel, they would air um, – ICW, and then later IWCCW, which was the uh, Savoldi's indie promotion out of New Jersey. Okay. And he would run shows in Maine a lot, and I remember I'd watch that show, and like Best and uh, Best and Boston Bad Boy Tony Rumble was the co-host. Tony Alice was on the show. Surfer Ray Odyssey, The Rockers, I mean, um, all kinds of guys were on the show. The Tasmaniac. Uh, the Sandman back when he had the surfer gimmick as well, like he wore the wetsuit and everything, um, just all kinds of guys. And that's where I learned for the first time about uh, what I would call bums to the bum, right. because when I was a kid, and I think I've talked about this at some point, um, you know, you'd watch Superstars or Challenge or whatever the syndicated shows were, and it was always like. Honky Tonk Man against they they would we, we would call them jobbers now, but when I was a kid they were the bums or enhancement talent. I always called them bums though because they always got beat real yeah. easy. Yeah. So like Iron Mike Sharp was the guy that was the catalyst for me because he would be on every week and he would lose handedly to whoever the big star was. And then I remember watching like uh, Challenge or uh, sorry Superstars. And seeing Mike Sharp lose a match really easy. And then I go over to uh, IWCCW on State Cable Channel 9, and Tony Rumble's talking about the big man, the tough man from Canada. He's down here this week. He is Ian Mike Sharp. And then Mike Sharp comes out, and he destroys the guy. Like, he's the headliner, and he's taking on a bum, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in my brain, I'm like, oh, my God, there's bums to the bums. <laughs> and I thought, I could do that. I could become a wrestler, and I could be a bum to the bum. <laughs> so that was my that was my aberrations. I wanted to be a jobber to the jobbers. Um, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> no, see, Angie and I realized no, and that's funny because that's awesome because I don't think I've ever. I mean, that makes total sense. It's, yeah. You, you know, you figure that out. Yeah. So it was kind of neat, but like the first ever show I went to was. You know, June 1989, my dad took me to WWF at the Cumberland County Civic Center, you know, and uh, main event of that show was uh, WWE champion, WWF champion, the immortal Hulk Hogan taking on Macho King Randy Savage, sensational Sherry in the corner. Uh-huh. And uh, Hogan lost by count out. Terrible. Oh. And uh, I got a no holds barred t shirt that night. <laughs> It was signed by Hogan. It's the one with Zeus and Hogan facing each other. Uh-huh. And uh, so I got that shirt in June of 89. So it's like 20, uh, 28 years ago this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And my son still wears it. 
Oh, I still awesome. have it. I've kept it in decent shape. When I outgrew it, I just saved it and everything. And then recently, I let, you know I let Kanan wear it a few times and everything. It's actually still a little big on him. It was big on me when I got it. Right. Uh, but it's autographed by Hogan. So I just think I don't know. So I'm 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 gonna retrieve it from him. And then eventually my, my other son, Wesley, he'll wear it when he's 10. And by then the shirt will be 40 years old. So, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, it was funny that night my brother got a Hulk Rules t-shirt, one of the yellow ones that was all cut up. Because uh-huh. my dad took me and my cousin Christy, Christy to the show. And then my stepdad took my brother because – you know, sibling rivalry. He was jealous that he didn't get to go, and so my stepdad took my brother. They bought tickets and they went to the show together. And my brother got a Hulk Rules T-shirt that night. You know, and mm-hmm. um, I have that shirt too. <laughs> <laughs> when he went off to the Marine Corps, I was looking around in his closet for something, and I found it in there. And I was like, "Well, if he doesn't care about it, I'm taking it." So, were you guys even close to each other? Uh, you know, we lived in the same house. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. I just meant like, <laughs> I meant like when you both went to the show, like uh, were you? No, we were not. No, we weren't. I was like, I was in the. Think about it, it's a hockey rink type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was in the first row off behind the glass, if you will. The, the glass wasn't up, but I was in the first row behind the glass, dead center ring. Okay. Um, elevated a little bit. I mean, I still couldn't see anything when Hogan came out because everyone was standing. Right. My brother was like, ah. Uh, on the floor, on the other side of the ring, like twenty, like ten rows back or fifteen rows back or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, no, I didn't even, I didn't see him. I did look for him, but I didn't see him at all. I got you. But uh, that was a great card. I mean, um, let's see here. The demolition took on the path. The uh, twin towers. Uh, Dina Bravo wrestled. Uh. I want to say Duggan or Jim Neidhart. Dina Barber Russell, Jim Neidhart. And I think the special guest referee was Ronnie Garvin back when they had him being the gimmick as being the, the referee. And uh-huh. But uh, one of the matches I still remember, and I was only 10, but I still remember this and appreciate it. It was uh, Brett Hitman Hart against uh, Mr. Perfect, and they went to a 20-minute time limit draw. And then they had did the whole deal of five more minutes and blah, blah, blah. And, and then... Uh, it was supposed to be Jake the Snake Roberts against uh, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. But they announced that uh, Jake Roberts wasn't there, and I was a little upset because I wanted to see Jake. I was excited to see Jake. Right. Uh, but then um, his replacement was the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Oh. And this is before Dusty came on, debuted on TV, if I remember correctly. Okay. So he wasn't Polka Dot Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I was going to say he wasn't. And he wasn't I was black, so confused because I thought he wrestled for the other guys. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. so but yeah, that you know, and but on, but then I didn't go to another show again till 1995 because my dad never took me again. Hmm. So I would watch on TV and everything, but like I never went to another show until 1995 when I was in high school. My buddy Jay and I went; he drove us down, and it was like a it was like a five hour TV taping that WWE six hour show, so five or six hour show that WWE did at the Cumberland County Civic Center where they taped multiple weeks of television. Yeah. And then we had a bunch of dark matches right before SummerSlam 95. Yeah. I went to uh, WCW six and a half hour taping in St. Joe. That's awesome. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't so awesome because like three and a half hours was the Luchadors 
Oh, I mean, yep. And back then, I mean, more appreciative of it now, but back, like back then, it was like guys that I didn't know or hear of. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I was just like, come on, this is not why I'm here, you know, type of thing. See, it's weird for me now. The idea, like, for me, for now, like, ugh, I can't even talk English. Like, <laughs> uh, the idea of going to Massachusetts to an indie show or a wrestling show is really isn't a big deal to me anymore. Like, um, you know, as, as far as going, I don't have an issue with taking the drive. Right. And I even, like, back in 2012, I even drove to New Jersey to see the Great Muda. Right. Um Granted, I was divorced. That I just got divorced and needed to get away, and that was the perfect excuse. Uh, but back, but even back then, like just even just out of high school, the idea of going to Massachusetts was like, oh my god, you know, just yeah. or going like go. And I wish I would have. I wish I would have gone to ECW. Oh yeah, back in the late nineties in Philadelphia, or done something like prime. that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, I did go to Mass. I mean, like I, you know, I went to WrestleMania 14 in '98. Uh, went to WCW Saturday Night. Sorry, WCW Monday Nitro in '97 at the Fleet Center. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to uh, went to a WCW TV taping for WCW Saturday Night in Portland. It's the only TV taping they did in Portland. In fact, they only ever ran two shows in Maine. One was a house show in Bangor. This is how stupid WCW was. They ran a house show in Bangor like 10 days before they did this TV taping in Portland. So they brought everything up to Bangor for this house show. And then like they didn't do the TV taping in Portland until like 10 days later. And they like traveled all around and came back up to Portland for this TV taping. And it was (laughs) a – yeah. But whatever. I'm happy. I got to see a WCW Saturday night TV taping. So, you know, uh, yeah. So – before we get to teen teen years to like now, <laughs> who who um, was your favorite growing up? Uh, well, of course, like I said, you know, when I was a little kid, I was a huge Hulkamaniac. Well, yeah, I um, mean, people from our era, who but, who isn't, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, like I wasn't a, I was not an Ultimate Warrior fan. Yeah, right. You know, my dad bought me an Ultimate Warrior poster and everything, but I I was not an Ultimate Warrior fan. And then when (sighs) Warrior beat Hogan, man, that was sad. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe Hulk Hogan lost. Could not believe it. You know the Wrestle Buddies? Yeah, I I had a, I have a Hogan and a Warrior and a Savage. Yeah, see, I wanted Savage really bad. Yep. And when I opened it up, it was Warrior. Outside of Ric Flair. So there's that one, you know, you're excited because you have a wrestle buddy and none of your friends have them. Yep. But then there's that disappointment that it's the Ultimate Warrior and not Savage or Hogan. You you know? I was a I was a big Ric Flair fan when I was a kid. Loved Ric Flair. Loved the Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Even as a kid, I could tell who was good. Right. You know. Um, one of my, I'm pretty sure it still is to this day my all time favorite match. I mean, is uh, Starcade '85, Arn Anderson. Sorry, not Arn Anderson. Tully Blanchard and uh, Magnum TA inside the steel cage. I quit for the United States Championship. To this day, that's like I that match is so good. That match tells such a phenomenal story. Right. It's such a great match. It's full of blood, guts, and violence. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's what I wish wrestling still was today. Sometimes, yeah. 
You know, like, especially if, if you have a steel cage match and no one's bleeding, then what the fuck are you having a steel cage match for? I'm sorry. Exactly, yeah. I was trying to keep the profanity down, but, I mean, you know, why are you even having a steel cage match? It doesn't make sense to me. Yep, uh, I totally get it. You know, Because one mean, of my favorite matches of all time has color in it. There's no cage, that? but it's the infamous WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart, Stone oh. Cold. Yeah, Bret Hart and Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, or the double, the double turn, the double turn. Which I mean, yeah, absolutely you know, that's, great match. That's like a, I don't know, I wouldn't say standard, but it's not one of uh, obscure match, you know, that you just pull out your hat. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that makes a lot of people's list, and not just mine, but. But I, I here's the question though: If Austin didn't get color would it have had the effect that it did no i don't think so i don't think so either i don't think so either because think about when he's trapped in the uh, sharpshooter and he's trying to force his way out and and he's like bearing down he's like ah and the blood's running down his face running into his mouth on his teeth i mean come on yeah and you know know what else is great about that is brett working his knees that's in the knee brace yep but like five five ten minutes before i guess or five seven minutes because the match i think was only like 20 minutes or whatever but you know to apply the sharpshooter because yep. that's a lot of stuff that isn't done today as well so oh no it's not <clears throat> Uh, for me, I would say as a little kid, I was a huge macho fan. Um, Jake the you Snake. You he was a bad guy. Uh, I loved. I'm a heel guy. So yeah, like, see, I was too. So, except for Hogan. Yeah, except for Hogan and and Jake, like, because Jake it, was like the yeah. tweener guy, I guess. Um, I will say that the, about the point where I was done with uh, Hogan. Um, yeah, about the point when I was done with Hogan was when he left, and then Bret Hart was champ, mm-hmm. and then Hogan came back and teamed with Brutus Beefcake, and I was like, I don't want to see Hogan on my TV anymore. You know, WrestleMania Nine. Yeah, right. Um, that that's really when I was done with Hogan. Yeah, and I then was... when he won the belt that night, I was like, even I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah, like that... I was I was angry, and Is then. That... Is that when Brett and Yokozuna wrestled? Yeah, that's when Yoko beat Brett for the belt, and then two seconds later... Yeah, okay. uh, Two seconds later, you know, they do the thing, and all of a sudden now Hogan's champ. Yeah. And then Hogan basically didn't do anything on TV. He worked some house shows, apparently, and did match in Japan. Right. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he didn't really do anything on TV until he lost the belt at King of the Ring to Yoko, so it didn't really make any sense, you know, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, but I love Jake. Like, Jake was my guy. Yeah, I was a big Jake Roberts fan. That had a lot to do with the snake. I loved the British Bulldogs. Yeah. Like, this is going to sound so sad, maybe, or whatever. But, like, okay, so I still wear socks with stripes on them. You know, like the old school socks with stripes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the old crew socks with the three colored stripes on them. Anyways, yeah. I just got yeah. a new package. And... uh I always buy my packages based on the blue and the red striped socks, like uh, Dynamite Kid used to wear. (laughs) 
awesome. And I always call them my Dynamite Kid socks. I'm 38. I'll be 38 years old this year, and I still call them my Dynamite Kid socks. <laughs> That's still awesome, though. And I just bought a new – I got a new package of 12, and it's got two pair of Dynamite Kid socks in them. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. In fact, I'm wearing a pair right now. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I – um I had all the figures when I was a kid. I watched Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. and wrestling, you know. Yeah, yeah. But around the time when, oof, around the time when uh, Hogan made his big return and, and took the belt, and then we had Yoko for champ for a year until WrestleMania 10, where finally Brett won the belt back. Like, and then when Hogan like, and then I used to watch WCW and I liked WCW until Hogan joined in WCW. And then it was like WCW sucked for a lot of years, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like even now, like I'll go back and I'll watch all the early stuff mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll watch and I'll, I'll enjoy pretty much everything until Hogan makes his debut. Hmm. And I wasn't, a, I wasn't a huge Hogan fan then. And then I'm not going to lie after the NWO angle was all over. Mm-hmm. And then after, uh, you know, WCW closed and everything else, and Hogan made his run. I got sucked into the old Hogan nostalgia. Yeah, you know, I yeah. saw. Yeah, I got sucked into it. You know, I I, <laughs> I saw Hogan against Randy Orton live at SummerSlam in Boston in 2005. I saw Hogan team with Shawn Michaels in uh, a, a Backlash. I think it was 2004. Was it 2004? Or five. Might have been 2005 and SummerSlam 2006 is what I'm thinking of. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I you know, I, I remember, I remember, uh, you know, us seeing Hogan, like I said, team with uh, Michaels against Muhammad Hassan and everything. Yeah, I know we were getting sidetracked, but, um, no. you know, I, 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 I marked out for Hogan nostalgia. But um, when did I you, went into, go ahead. I was just going to say, did you think that the Hogan rock match was as good as everybody hypes it up to be? Um, I think the combination of crowd reaction helps that match. So, like, the... Because we already talked about the Brett and Stone Cold match, right? Yeah. That was basically the first successful double turn, right? Yeah. So, would this one be the second? Oh, no, because, see, I don't think Hogan... I don't think Rock turned heel. You don't think so? No, I don't think The Rock turned heel out of that match. Rock, but at the end of that match, Rock was still big old baby face. They posed together. He ho- uh, raised Hogan's hand. True. Hogan put him over at the end. True. I just think you know the fans, because it was in Toronto, the fans just wanted to cheer Hogan. They missed Hogan. Okay. And, um, Fair enough. Yeah, I really enjoyed that match. Like Sincerely, I, I did, because I really liked... <sighs> okay, I liked Hogan the heel when he came out. Mm-hmm. And you know he's they, they lock up and he puts him in the headlock and he's talking trash the whole time and he keeps calling him a meatball. <laughs> yeah. I just love, come on meatball get up meatball, you know. And then Hogan does the big thing where he does the push off and and then he does the big pose and everything to Rock and the crowd goes freaking nuts and then Rock does it back to Hogan and then the crowd's booing the Rock. I mean, I. <laughs> You know, the crowd reaction definitely made that match better, but at the same time, there was so much about the match I really liked. Yeah. And I I like the fact that there was no outside interference until after the match was over. Yep, agreed. That was the one thing that I was going to say was... I mean, uh, who did you like... Who did you like in your teenage years, I guess? In my teenage years? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, you have Stone Cold for sure, right? Yep. Because I would say he's probably my... He was probably my number one there. But then... It would, uh... <laughs> probably, like, uh... Well, of course, I like DX, too. Like, yep. when they were... When they were actually full-blown DX, you know? Doing the crazy stuff, like the invasion of WCW and all that stuff. Yep. Um... Like, on the other side of the fence? I don't know, because... Like, I hated the whole Goldberg thing back then. I know. Uh, I wasn't a big Goldberg fan. If we, if, if, if we could back it up just a hair for me, okay. like, before the Attitude Era kicked on, before the Nitro Era, Nitro Era really kicked on, Yeah. like, in those days, like, WCW, I was liking better than WWE because WCW wasn't cartoon wrestling. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, they were a yep. bit more... Um, I mean, again, no, like, definitely no blood, but like, I wasn't a big fan of like the, the cartoon wrestling of like the TL Hopper and Freddy Joe, uh, Freddy Joe Floyd, and yeah. you know Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, and on and on and on. Even yeah. Goldust when he first came in, like you know, oh yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of all that. I did enjoy like if you go to WCW side of things, I mean like they're bringing that Vader. Yeah. You know, yeah. you still had Flair, you still had Anderson, you know, you had, uh, you had Tully Blanchard. I mean, not Tully Blanchard. Well, yeah, Tully Blanchard and Terry Funk had that match at Springstead, uh, uh, Slammery 94. But anyways, mm-hmm. but you had like, uh, you know, Ricky Steamboat coming back in for the feud with Flair. You yeah. had William Regal coming in or Steven Regal coming in, you know, dominating the TV championship, having that feud with Larry Zabisco. You know, I mean, like, there was, to me, like, I was a bigger fan of WCW. I mean, Stan Hansen coming and beating the Evelyn and Piss out of Lex Luger. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a bigger fan of WCW then because of the their content and their wrestling that they had and everything. Because they were more traditional. They were still, the more, like, that southern company. Like, there, okay, there is a style of wrestling. Um, you know, there is a southern style of wrestling. You know, absolutely there is. You know, right. between this the Northeast style, there's that Crockett promotion Southern style wrestling. I mean, like, and there, you know, there there's a difference. There's a mm-hmm. complete difference. And um, I guess, like, as I got older, that's that's what I, I I went I went to more, if you will. Like, that's what my my gaze was caught more by that stuff and everything. Right. Um. And then. So, so if you given that time frame, what were you watching then, or who were you liking then? Uh, well, that was still because that was still like Ted DiBiase style yeah. on on that and doing yeah. right. Yep, or when our Scheister, which I was a big fan of the original. Matt Bourne heel doink, but anyways, yes, yeah, right, that was yeah. still yeah. that time frame. Bam Bam Bigelow, Luna Vachon, Rick the yeah. Model Martel, you know. <sighs> Sexy boy Shawn Michaels. Yeah, type thing. I think because it was more on my TV then, I was probably more WWF than I was WCW. Yep. But that was just because it, I got to see it more. <sighs> yep. But then, like, shortly after that is when it turned cartoony as hell, though. Yep. You know, and and. Like when Hulk started coming into WCW there, 
right? Okay. You talking about when the when Hall and Nash left the Fed? Yeah, the yeah, right, yeah, when okay. they were. Yeah, if you want to, around from that time frame on, you you know Austin obviously. Well, right, but I'm just saying like that was when I switched to WCW, and I'm like, wow, this is like almost real stuff kind of thing. You know what I mean? As to where then I flipped the channel yeah. and I'm seeing cartoon characters kind of in wrestlers. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I do. I do. Because, like, around that time, like, um, because then when Hogan came in, God, I hated everything about Hogan and WCW, so I'd watch everything with the Hogan stuff. Right. And then when he turned heel and joined the NWO and that all started, you know, about that time, I, I was actually watching, I, I'd say I was watching WWE more than the WCW. Um, really? But I do, yeah, yeah, I think I was starting to switch over that way. But actually, what I was watching the most was my buddy Jay. Who comes to me at school, and you know, and we had been we had met in '95 or '94 and '95. Went to that show, but my buddy Jay comes. He goes, "Oh my God, here you have to watch this tape when you go at home." He goes, "I was flipping around the satellite the other night, and I found this rustling, and it's like nothing we've ever seen before." I'm like, "All right," so I go home and watch the tape. It's ECW. So my buddy had a satellite, so he was getting ECW back in '96, '97, you know, '95. Uh, sorry, '96. 97, whatever, the hardcore TV, like Friday night at 1 o'clock in the morning on Sports Channel Philadelphia. And we were watching that. So I was going to his house on Friday nights to watch that, or he would tape it for me and give me the tapes and everything. So, yeah, that was like, holy shit. This yeah. this is different than anything that now WCW, WWF are doing. For the younger listeners out there, when – Mike said satellite. He's not talking about the little dish that's on top of the house. Yes, yes. This son of a bitch took up half the backyard. Just imagine a trampoline. Okay? Yeah. Okay. It's Turned a full size trampoline, yeah. but it's a, it's a, but that's the size of the satellite dish. And yeah, you'd have to like change to, you'd have to switch from different satellites, and then when you switch the satellites, you change the shit. So you had to wait for it to physically move outside. Yeah. Yeah. To point at the new satellite, you know. Well, my grandpa had one that you actually had to go out and physically move. Oh, yeah, we we had to do that but more then, than once. But then when he got the motorized one, yeah, we were living in high cotton then, buddy. Yeah, that's that just doesn't exist anymore. But yes, yeah, so my buddy had satellite. Not many people had satellite our way. You either had antenna or cable. Right. Um, and that was that was the end of it. But yeah, but yeah. So ECW. we were. I was, yep. Because it wasn't on any of our local channels. Never was. I mean, the only time I got ECW locally is when they went on TNN. Okay. So. Yeah, that was. Because, see, I think I'm the opposite. Because I think um, during the whole Nash infiltration thing. Yeah. I switched to more watching more WCW than, than I did WWE. I mean, I still watch both of them because, I yeah. mean, let's, let's face it, I had to. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing is I was consuming all the wrestling I could. I mean, by then yeah. I was getting into, like, um, oh, if you, once you get to, like, 97, I went to my first indie show. And then I was, like, seeking more stuff out. And then, um, you know, like, it's still, I mean, <clears throat> it was hard to, like, the only reason why we knew about that indie show in Maine was because – you know, I think I think my buddy Jay saw a, a flyer hanging in the hmm. store, and he was like, "We got to go to this. It's in Auburn." 
I'm like, all right. And so you know, we go to my first ever indie show in the main event at that time. This, again, this is um, this is 97. Um, I think March of 97, I want to say. And the main, I, I know it was March of 97. What am I going? Oh, I want to say. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, sorry. Anyhow, um, you know, the main event was uh, the Public Enemy oh. against the Power Twins. And also on the card was like a lot of the legends of New England. Like I, I'll call them legends now, but at that time they weren't, you know, like Big Rick Fuller, Knuckles Nelsons, uh, the Boston Bad Boy, Tony Rumble, who has since passed away. Uh, Maverick Wilde was on the show. I mean, Trey, the smooth operating gangster. There was uh, Brian Walsh. There was so many, so many great names on the card. Um, one of the matches that I just, I still can't believe to this day was there was Abdul the Butcher against Tony Atlas. And they both bled like stuck pigs all over the place in this high school gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. And so the only reason why we knew about it is because, like I said, he happened to see that flyer. And then while we were at that show, they'd say, hey, you know, we're coming back. We're going to be in Livermore on this date or we're going to be in Bath on this date or coming back to Lewiston on this date or whatever. And so, like, we would keep track and we'd go to the shows. And then, you know, we got on their mailing list. Yes, this was before email, before internet, <laughs> before Facebook. Like, we would get a card in the mail telling us, hey, don't forget about our show. And then you could buy tickets that way as well. I mean, like, craziness, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'd find out about other shows, the other indie shows in Maine that we, we'd find out about via, like, oh, this already happened. <laughs> type right. Of thing. Like, it was always yeah. after the fact or something. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's just... I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. But once I started going to the indie shows, I started getting tapes. Like the big guys, they're selling tapes, and I'd start trading tapes through the mail. And now all of a sudden, I'm getting tapes of stuff in Japan. I'm getting tapes of stuff in Mexico, and I'm just like, my mind's getting blown, especially all that stuff from Japan. Yeah. So, I don't know. And so I'd, I'd say probably starting with starting in 96 and then really in 97. Like I've always watched all the wrestling I could watch, but Starting like ninety six, ninety seven time frame. That's when I was really like just seeking it out. It wasn't just what I happened to find on TV. It was finding it everywhere. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. So what about now? Like who would who would be your favorite wrestler now? I don't know, dude. Like the. Okay, let's put it this I watch way. so like, much wrestling. Okay, it's kind of tough because yeah. I'll go through phases. Okay, so let's say small market indie stuff. Like, give me a couple of people that you would. All right, so locally up this way, New England way, like when I go to Limitless Wrestling, let's just say. Yeah. All right, so like they bring in some names. I'll talk about a show I just went to last week, but there's there's some local guys that I enjoy watching every you know every month that are going to be on the cards. Like Ace Romero, Xavier Bell, Anthony Green. I mean, all these guys are are great, like top like New England or Maine guys. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to see a good match when they come out there. You know, I mean, I just I know I am. Um, so, like, I guess on that local type of level. And then if you want to go, like, a little bit higher on the indie level, um, you know, there's guys like JT Dunn, if you will, or Keith Lee or Donovan Dijak, 
Chris Dickinson, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all those guys. You know, there's a bunch of guys like say around that level that like I just enjoy watching. It's like, oh, great, they're on the card, you know. Um, like this, the Limitless show I just went to. I mean, it was, I mean, a pretty unbelievably awesome stacked card. I mean, the main event was Ricochet against Matt Seidel. Yeah. Okay, and they tore it down for 20 minutes. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Ethan Page was on the show against another local guy I like named Tyler Nitro, who's, who's doing well. And then, you know, we got Kikataro. He was in uh, – he's from Japan, just moved to the United States. Uh, you know, he he uh, he was in uh, the Wrestling Road Diaries 3, Funny Equals Money. It was uh, Coco Bana's third, uh, third outing. It was him, Kikataro, and Grado, you know. Okay. Um, we got Chris Dickinson was on the show, and he wrestled, you know, former WWE tag team champion Rene Dupree. We got Vita Scott against Taylor Hendricks. We got All Eagle Anthony Page, uh, Ethan Page, I mean, on the show. And then in a ver- in an unadver- unadvertised surprise guest or surprise whatever, uh, we got Hornswoggle. Hmm. You know, so Swoggle was there, unadvertised. I mean, it was just, you know, it was it was just it was a great show. It was a really, really good show. Well worth my thirty dollars I spent to sit in front and row and get my uh, with my VIP package, which got me an autograph from and a picture with uh, Ricochet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got a nice report about it on the WrestlingInsomniac.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if you want to go up from there, I mean, it's just it's tough. There's so many guys I like out there and there's so many guys that I'm like for instance you know I've been I was watching Jay White in New Japan Pro Wrestling and now he's over here he's from his uh, Australian I believe from New Zealand he was a young boy in New Japan and now he's over here in Ring of Honor so like he's having some matches in Ring of Honor so it's easier for me to see his matches and everything so I you know I, I enjoy watching him uh, as a matter of fact the Ring of Honor that's on TV right now he's main eventing against uh, one of the Briscoes in that on the show nice so I mean, it, it, it's tough, honestly, yeah. for me yeah. to say what one guy, because like I'm a huge Pentagon Junior fan, right? You know, I love Pentagon Junior. I love Phoenix. You know, like I, I'm a big fan of Zack Saber Junior. Will Ospreay, you know, Chris Hero, even though he's in the Fed now um, or in NXT now. I mean, Nakamura, obviously AJ Styles. I mean, yeah. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, on and on and on and on. I mean, there's just there's so many guys I like. It's hard to just pick a guy. Yeah. Because there's like you said, the different levels. What yeah, about yourself? Right. Well, before we transition into that, because there's more questions I wanted to get asked to you, but I oh, want to tell yeah. you my huge live event that I thought was fantastic, and I know you've seen it. And I know we've talked about it off air, but I don't know if we talked about it on air or not. Yep. Um, it was October fifth, nineteen ninety-seven, at the Keel Center in St. Louis. Yep. It was two days after my birthday, so I'm eighteen. Yep. And it was my birthday present from my parents. They got four of us. Uh, fourth row from the soft camera side, I believe. I mean, is that what you call it? If it's not the hard camera? I say call it four rows from the ring. Okay. Fourth row. <laughs> from the soft camera side. Fourth row on the floor. Yeah. Um, it was 
in your house, Bad Blood. Damn. That was the first uh, appearance as Glenn Jacobs as Kane. Uh, yeah, that was a stack show. Yeah, it was a stack show. Of course, you know, we rented a car and uh, actually it was a van. And um, we might have had a keg in that van. Oh, kids. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was still awesome. The whole card was awesome, like you said. Um, actually, because I've seen it before or since then, you know what I mean? And I still get goosebumps because, like, nobody in the arena knew what the hell was happening when Kane was coming out. And then yep. when he, like, tore the door off the cell, it was, like, pandemonium in there. I don't forget uh, Shawn Michaels was bleeding like crazy. Well, yeah, true. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't think... Maybe I remember it differently because I was there live, right? But I don't think the fans going crazy comes off that much on tape. Yep. And maybe uh, that's they happened edited to me too. it, you know? So... That's happened to me, though, at the same time. But that was awesome, because, like I said, I was like a heel guy, right? So, seeing, you know, because that's like, because they led up to that, like, for, what, weeks and weeks and weeks of the that one, mysterious that, brother coming, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's gotta be Kane. That's yeah. gotta be Kane. Yeah, oh, yeah, so I remember that. Well, of course you heard that. I didn't get to hear that part until I watched just, it later. Yeah. But you know, um, I, that's like the equivalent of like they build up Sister Abigail forever, yeah. and then yeah, and, and she now finally shows she's, up. She's, you know, well, no, I thought they said she's dead or something. Oh well, right? yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. See, like. I was just thinking about this recently. I just did a blog post about uh, title matches I've seen, uh, title changes I've seen, you know. Okay, live. And, uh, yeah, title yeah. changes I've seen live, yes. And it was uh, not indie shows. Um, and, like, I, I never thought about it until I started writing it, but, like, I was at WrestleMania 14. You know, I was at the very first meeting ever of Kane against The Undertaker. Right. I was at, you know... Uh, I was there when the Austin era began. Yeah. Where, where Steve Austin beat Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. and won his first ever WWF championship. I mean, like, that was the beginning of the Austin era. I mean, that is that is truly history had been made that night, you know? Yeah, right. Or was right. in the making, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And um, I watch like classic stuff if you want to call it that like you know the old <clears throat> new japan not new japan uh, jim crocker promotions and nwa and you know like rick flair beating harley race for the title at Starcade 83 or you know rick flair regaining the title from ronnie garvin or he beats vader for the belt or like i said the magnum ta i quit match with tully blanchard and on and on and on and everything and it's like i sometimes wish i was born sooner yeah, and living down that way, so yeah. I could have gone to seen stuff like that, seen more matches like that, and everything. And I realized that yeah, maybe I take for granted what I have seen for wrestling matches because I mean that's pretty damn significant. Seeing yeah. the Austin era beginning, you know, yeah. and I was there at uh, SummerSlam 
when Bret Hart checked that, when uh, Mick Foley and Ric Flair rustled in their I Quit match, where oh. they used barbed wire and thumbtacks, and they both got all bloody, you know? Oh, wow, yeah. <clears throat> that, was, that was very cool, yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I was there just this past September mm-hmm. at Ring of Honor, at Ladder War 6, when the Young Bucks, you know, won the tag team titles, regained the Ring of Honor tag team championships in that triple threat ladder war ladder match. Right. I was sitting right in the front row. That was insane. <sighs> Absolutely insane. So like, um, as much as I would have wished to be able to see some of the things that, you know, I, I love to watch to this day and rewatch from the mid, mid late eighties. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen some pretty cool stuff recently. Yeah. You have seen some awesome stuff recently. Yeah. I mean, not to mention the Cody Rhodes show, right? Oh, yeah. Limitless in January with Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. No, because I mean, that, that, that was a stacked card, too, right? If that, I remember correctly. It was. It was, yeah. Limitless does a great job. They use a great mix of, you know, like, uh, I guess, headlining indie talent, of mid card indie talent local indie talent that's got some name value to him and then some young guys starting out or maybe guys you haven't heard of i mean this this kid i call him a kid i don't mean disrespect him like that but he's only 20 years old randy carver the owner promoter of limitless wrestling you know like the eye he has for talent the knowledge he has for wrestling about who's out there and everything and just the fact that this 20 year old kid is putting on these unbelievably great cards Mm-hmm. You know, drawing in over 400 fans, standing room only, at times down in Westbrook, um, it's, it's unbelievable to yeah. me. Yeah, you know, like I'm used to, and I don't mean any disrespect. This I'm used to main independent wrestling, which, for the most part, and I like I said, I do not mean disrespect when I say this. You know, it's it's rinky dinky. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like if WWF is the Red Sox. Which uh, you'll you'll get this eventually. <laughs> if WWE's the Red Sox, and mm-hmm. then like Ring of Honor, say is Pawtucket, which mm-hmm. is their AAA ball club, yeah, you know, then Limitless is Sea Dogs, right? Their AA club, right? And then the rest of independent wrestling is either A League or Rookie League, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if yep. you want to look at quality of what you're going to see and it's yeah. not a disrespecting it's just what i'm used to here in maine and then occasionally you'll bring in a big headliner you know and like back in the mid 90s it was the old wwf guys you know iron sheik greg valentine nikolai volkoff jimmy's fly snooker on and on and on you know and then um and then now you have limit and, and then you have leagues like beyond like pwg and receiver yeah and i'm not saying that limitless is like pwg mm-hmm. it's, it's getting there though you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's gonna be it. It's gonna be there. If he keeps going the way he's going, it's gonna be there. Because if you think about this PWG, that American Legion Hall they're in, yeah, like their capacity is like four hundred or four fifty or something like that. Right, right. And they could go to a bigger venue, but they just, don't want to. No, he chooses not to. Because he wants to run shows he's running, he wants which, to do what he's doing. Which I, I think and, is smart yeah. and not smart at the same time. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that if you, t- it's kind of like that double edged sword that ECW is having almost at, at yep. PWG. 
because the 400, 450 makes it uh, intimate yep. for the fans and everything. But then, you know, you're only getting 400, $450 money, you know, or people. Well, yeah, but money. okay, first of all, okay, Battle of Los Angeles, you know, front row tickets are 70 bucks. So, right. I mean, for one night. So, I mean, people, they're making money. Uh, and their DVD sales are just through the roof. It's sickening. Um, but, but I'm saying but, I think it's because of that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if, they, I, if they go to like a 3,000, even 7,000. I, I think the biggest problem with with ECW was is they tried to get national. They tried to grow too big. If they would have just stayed in Philadelphia or stayed in Queens and, you know, New England and then maybe Florida, if they would have stayed, you know, east I, of the I see what you're saying. Yeah. They wouldn't have, they'd still be in business. Yeah. If Jim Crockett Promotions had stayed east of the Mississippi and not too far north of the Mason-Dixon line. Mm-hmm. I think Jim Crockett Promotions would still be in business to this day. You know, it yeah, was trying to compete yeah. with Vince is yeah. what put him out of business. Yeah, Trying to be bigger than what they are is what put him out of business. And I think that's what happened with ECW. You know, just trying to be bigger than they were. Overhead got too big. Everything got too big and they couldn't do it. And I think, you know, with uh, PWG, I think Super Dragon, because basically he's the boss, he's running everything, he's promoting the shows. I mean, he must be making enough money that he's happy enough, you know, running the shows he's running, mm-hmm. and not wanting to change what he's doing. And and that's where, you know. So, but where I was getting at, you know, is like PWG Beyond Wrestling, you know, House of, House of Bricks, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, uh, hardcore having uh, hardcore, not heaven. House of Hardcore, that's House what I'm going to hardcore. say. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. You're like, you have these quote-unquote super indies, which are you know, CWD, IW Mid-South, you know, AAW over in Chicago, Alpha One up in Canada and everything. You know, These are destination places for wrestling fans where people want to go travel to see these shows Yeah. because of the caliber of shows that are being put on. And they're destination places for the talent because they know they're going to be wrestling in front of a inside of a good ring, mm-hmm. in front of a good a good lively crowd, right? And and you know, so it's worth it to them, right? They want to take that booking. They want to get on that show. They know they're going to sell merch on and on and on. Yeah. Um, and I just never thought that we would have one of those in Maine, you know. And and that's where Limitless is going. Yeah. They're going to become one of those super indies. That would be awesome. You know. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yep, because I'm I got it on the ground floor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I can message Randy and be like, Hey, I know you only have 40 VIP tickets. Can you save me too? I'll pay you Wednesday. And he's like, Yeah, no problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know where we're going with this. Well. Since we're going the Indies way, yeah, and we already talked about either staying below the Mason-Dixon line or staying east or west of east of the, the Mississippi, Mi- yeah, yeah. So, what about some people that are agents for, or soon to be free agents right now? Would would you want to see them go north? And I'm talking about like. Matt and Jeff, or Adam Cole, or... Well, interesting you should say that, because I didn't want to talk about this. I mean, news broke today. 
that WWE is in early talks to, to buy Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And what's that going to mean for wrestling if WWE buys Ring of Honor? Because ultimately, like right now, you know, you have WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor, your top three big promotions that have, like, you know, that, like, Ring of Honor, you know, they have their weekly syndicated show and, and they do multiple pay per views a year and they do multiple super cards a year and everything. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a great alternative for talent to go there. Guys like Cody Rhodes or, you know, Dalton Castle or whoever, not to mention their deals in New Japan. What's that going to mean for Ring of Honor? Are they going to shelve Ring of Honor? Are they going to. I just. I can't. Well, I seen. I don't know what which quote unquote dirt sheet that you've read, but like the one that I read said that right now they're just in talks with it. So it could go nowhere. But then if the plan was for them to shut it down on TV and just have a weekly show on the network. See, here's the thing. Are they really going to run it like a separate entity? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm concerned about. Because. Oh, oh yeah. I know what you're saying. It's not you know, going to be the separate entity. I just I can't. Be. Exactly. Like, I can't see them, you know, doing tickets like they do tickets now for shows. I can't yeah. see them running the shows they run now. I, I yeah. see. I see the production trying to become the WWE machine of things and this and that and everything. And, and, and then, and what, like. What? It doesn't make sense to me, though. It's Ring of Honor, but it's not anymore. It's WWE Ring of Honor. Well, I know, but it doesn't make sense to me because WWE already has their Ring of Honor-like show. I know. Which is NXT, right? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, and I know that the rumor out there is that they're not happy with the direction NXT is going because it's losing its fizzle or whatever. Oh, so is this like a, a, a huh? Oh, I don't. I don't really think it is at all. Well, I don't think it is either. But you and I both, and Aaron say think that the past so many weeks of Monday and Tuesday have been garbage too, right? But you know, what do we know? We're just right. fans that talk about it. <laughs> I just, you know, like, I enjoy Ring of Honor being the true alternative that it is. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I worry that, you know, if if WWE buys them, that they're not going to be that anymore. Right. And and here's, and to get back to the original question that I had, right? Yeah. Matt and Jeff going there, going back home, we'll call it, I guess it really wouldn't bother me as much, but broken gimmick aside... Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody goes home, right? Well, I just, but, I really don't want to see the broken gimmick go away. I enjoy it. No, I, I, they, yeah, I it, if they that. do, I want, see, well, let me finish this before we go back to that. But, like, with them, I don't mind. But, like, with somebody with, like, Adam Cole or, yeah. or even Dalton Castle style, I don't think I would still like them because I like them now and but I don't think they'd be utilized like they are now yeah so I mean if they get to go there and sign for more money good for them you know what I mean but will they be 
Sami Zayn or will they be Tyler Breeze? You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but, like you were saying, I think, or like the broken thing going away, I don't want to see it go away either. So, with them, if they do sign with Vince, does that mean that that's kind of leverage and more money in their pocket to get it? I don't know. You know what I mean? If it goes to court, could they use that leverage to be like, hey, we, we got Vinnie Mac in our corner and Daddy Warbucks has money, right? And then you just have Impact and, and Jarrett, I guess. Uh, I, I worry if they do go to WWE, even if they have the rights to use the broken gimmick, that it's going to be a watered down version of the broken gimmick. It's not going to. Oh yeah. It's not going to be what it was or what no. it could be, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. So what what, what do you think about? Because those are the two most notable. And then my thoughts of Adam Cole going to the WWE. I mean, I guess it's right there with. Austin Aries or Roger Strong or some other guys I didn't think um, would go and be used correctly or or given a chance or whatever, and, and they've shown they've had. So I mean, Adam Cole just seems like the next guy that's you know to come in. Um, so can I give you a crazy theory? Yeah, go right ahead. You know this. Um, we don't have a name for it yet, but yeah. the NXT Triple H stable. Yeah, I can see Adam Cole slipping right into that. Uh, is Adam Cole well known enough with casual fans, though? Well, that's true. Because realistically, you and I know who Adam Cole is. We've been watching him for years. Right. First right. time I saw him live was that same show in New Jersey. You know. Right. Um, but to the casual fan know who Adam Cole is. Yeah. And, and, and the answer it would be probably not. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that big of an impact for them yeah. as it would. I, I think like I this. think Adam Cole would need to start in NXT where those that fan base, they're going to know who Adam Cole is. Yeah, right. And then they can give him the big pops and the cheers and put him over and then, you know, on and on and on. So then, you know, when he does go to the go up to the main roster, you know, he'll have that that build on NXT first. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but it's not that I I don't want to see him go. But like with Ring of Honor, you know, if WWE does buy him, I hope it's not until this fall or something. Because you know, right. I got I got that front row to the pay per view in June. And <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I just, I don't know. I hope WWE doesn't buy Ring of Honor. I don't want to see that happen. Um, could I see WWE cutting a deal with Ring of Honor so that their show's on the network every week? Okay. That's not going to do anything but help WWE. I mean, help Ring of Honor. I mean, look at uh, NXT, not NXT, look at uh, WWE Access during WrestleMania. Right. You know, they've already advertised that you're going to get a UK title match that, you know, Trent Seven, uh, Pete Dunn, Mark Andrews, a bunch of other guys, they're all going to be booked. A bunch of IC, a bunch of uh, progress wrestling guys are going to be booked on the show. Right. And having matches during access. I mean, that's pretty damn cool for them. It's pretty damn cool for wrestling fans. I would love it if they would air the access matches on the network. Yeah. Now, even if they didn't do commentary, just put the matches up. Yeah, just, just put the matches up. up. Yeah, 
Right. I don't need commentary, you know. What What are your thoughts about having the first UK title defense being that on access? Oh no, it wasn't. It was on, it was on NXT. Oh well, that's what I meant. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be defended in the UK. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, the European Championship was defended <laughs> in America mostly. And true, true, true. As was the Intercontinental Championship. So yeah, um, you had a couple of things that you want to talk about, which obviously the WWE Ring of Honor, Honor thing was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Was there was something funny. else? Ah, uh, well, that I just talked about like the uh, the the access shows. Oh, okay, okay. And then I think it would be remiss if we didn't at least bring up and mention that Jim Ross's wife passed away. Yes. You know, Jan, I guess she had uh, someone hit her on her Vespa, and she fractured her skull in multiple places. So, yeah. um, Kind of exciting news, though. It's not to go from sad to exciting that rapidly. It makes me sound cold-hearted, but uh, uh, Jerry the King Lawler recently was saying that uh, – he currently owns the Memphis Library he owns from 1977 to 1988 and the 1996 on. He, he is in possession of the footage from 88 to 96, but there's, there's, there's debate as to long who actually owns that USWA footage. Hmm. But anyways, Lawler feels sooner than later that Memphis footage is going to be on the network, the footage that he owns from 77 to 88 and the 96 on. So. Well, that's cool. I'd love to see all that Memphis stuff yeah. in the seventies, yeah. yeah. But um, so I think that's pretty cool. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. That's about. I mean, I just felt like we needed to do a show like this too. Oh yeah, I'm all for that. I'm yeah. all for that. I mean, it's right just now us talking. You know what yeah. I mean? So right now I've I've been debating uh, uh, Rev Pro out of the United Kingdom has a Roku channel now. Oh really? And yeah, and for like eight ninety nine a month you can subscribe. Uh-huh. And right now they have like one hundred seventy five hours of of content on there. But it's I mean it's some great footage. I mean there's a lot of great guys that wrestle there. I mean right now the Rev Pro champion is is uh, Zack Saber Jr. You know and. Yeah, remember when Vader wrestled Will Ospreay? They had that big thing all during the summer, and then they had mm-hmm. their match. That was for Rev Pro. That's huh. on there. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of great... I, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, after WrestleMania. I think I'm going to plump down uh, the, the $8.99 for one month of it, of their subscription service there on the, the Roku, and, and watch me some uh, watch me some British wrestling, because I am a big fan of that British style of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Regal. This is Saber Junior now, and, and Dunn. I do I do enjoy me some Pete Dunn. I mean, granted, first time I saw him was Bola last year, but I do enjoy me some Pete Dunn and uh, Jack Gallagher, and so yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun to watch. Are the Bola is the new Bola DVD set out yet? Oh yeah, yeah, it's been out for a while. Oh, well, I missed the boat on that. Then. Yeah, yeah, the new Battle of Los Angeles. I mean, the 2016 that is that out. 2017 isn't until like next August, September, right. something like that. Yeah, so. right, right, right. Yeah, but yep. So in, in my future, I got uh, Limitless Wrestling is returning to Westbrook in uh, in May. 
May 13th, actually, featuring ACH, uh, Paul London from Lucha Underground. He's one. He's producer for Lucha Underground now, Paul London. Really? And he's going to be on the card, yeah. And uh, Colt Cabana's coming to Maine. I'm hoping they do a podcast before the show. He records a podcast. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. I mean, because straight away, he could have Paul London and ACH on the show, plus, uh, you know, a couple other local guys, if you will. Right. Give them the rub. Right. And, uh, yeah. Oh, geez, I want to bring this up real quick. At the Limitless show I went to on uh, last Friday night, um, Taylor Hendricks broke her ankle doing a baseball slide. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think she was trying to go for a drop kick in the corner against Vita Scott and... I don't know what happened, but she just basically ended up kind of baseball slide kicking her right in the crotch, and huh. uh, she, you know, she she got up. She was noticeably hobbling, but she finished the match. I mean, the the finish was a uh, the fin- there was a pinning sequence at the finish that kind of got botched a little bit. But when you find out she broke her ankle, it's understandably so. It makes sense why. Okay. Um, but she got up and she finished the match and did the whole thing and walked herself to the back and then. During the main event, like I saw her getting kind of carried out, uh, people on both sides of her, she still had her gear on, just pulled a pair of sweatpants on, and her face definitely was etched in pain. And then I found out the the next day on her Instagram that she uh, she'd actually fractured her ankle. So yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Next thing you know, WWE's gonna be banning baseball slides. I know because that's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, it for me, too. I love me some wrestling, and yeah. uh, it was fun today just talking about old wrestling. Yep, we'll have to do it again sometime. Uh, Maybe I'd from love, here on out. I'd love to have Aaron come aboard. Yeah. Um, but right now, just uh, I'm going to plug a bunch of stuff. Please check out my podcast. My podcast. I'm a little tired. <laughs> it is uh, 1 o'clock in the morning here. I've been up since 6 o'clock. Um, Check out my blog, The Wrestling Insomniac. You know, give me a like on the old Facebook page. Leave some comments. Um, I don't talk about everyday stuff. I have, I do. A, I have a regular column called The Last Match. I got one coming out called The Last Match: The Von Erich Family, where I talk about, you know, uh, I, I list and talk about every member of the Von Erich Family and the, their last match to date. Um, yeah. I have a blog I just uh, posted about some new trading cards. Um, I got a blog I posted talking about Hulk Hogan's rare TV wrestling matches, wrestling on the syndicated shows. Other than primetime wrestling or Saturday night's main event, he just simply didn't do it. Um, So I got a bunch of great stuff like that. A buddy of mine, uh, Brandon Myers, has got his blog called Wrestling With My Thoughts. There's a link on my the wrestlinginsomniac.com on the left side under links. He's got a pretty cool blog. He lives down in North Carolina. He's talking about uh, uh, AM, AML shows that he goes to. Uh, plus, you know, his uh, kind of like what we talked about today, what got him into wrestling and everything like that. So that's uh, a pretty neat blog. It's young. So he's only got about a half dozen posts on there so far, but it's definitely worth checking out. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm on the Twitter machine at SuperstarML. I'm on the Twitter machine at Rombar316. And the show is, uh, it's a thousand pods, thousand holds pods, <laughs> right? No. No, it's a, it's one, it's 1,000 pods holds. Uh, nope. It's, it's 1,000 holds pod. 
That's one K H O L D Z P O D Z. The definitely not. No. No. I, I guess. Then what is the Twitter account of this show? It's at Thousand Hold Pod. Ah. Uh, all right. One zero zero zero. And hey, uh, if you were at that Limitless show in January, and you came up to me and said, "Hey, I like your podcast. Uh, thanks again. Feel free to send me a Facebook uh, chat message or something like that, because I just would like you to." Um, oh, don't forget the show's got a Facebook page. Yep. Uh, it is facebook.com forward slash or backslash podcast of a thousand holds and don't forget to check out all the other great podcasts located here on the nerdy legion network that's right and don't forget to check out our favorite wrestling podcast besides our own this is the one you're listening to yeah (laughs) are you talking about something to wrestle with bruce pritchard yeah hey um that roddy piper one Oh, man. At the end of it? I told you, man. Every time. Like, even with the What Happened When Mondays. I'm enjoying What Happened When Mondays. Yeah. Um, I listen to both of them. Yeah. Tw- each episode twice. I couldn't make it. Like, when Bruce started to break down again. Yeah. I had to turn it off, and I was just like, I've heard it once. I don't. I, I mean, it just got... It's not that... I didn't want to hear it. It's just that I couldn't at the moment. You know what I mean? I was just like, it's just too real. I can't do it. I listen to so many podcasts. I don't have know you have time to listen to two, to listen to something to wrestle with twice. I mean, it's three hours long on average. Yeah, but I drive. I have an hour and a half commute back and forth to work. So. Oh, that helps. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. No, I mean I'm listening to. Uh, Bruce Pritchard and uh, what happened when, and then I'm also listening to oh the hell, I'm watching to uh, I'm watching Jay Briscoe against Jay White here on Ring of Honor TV. It's a great match. <laughs> I just got the sound off. I'm watching. Uh, I'm listening to uh, Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. Yeah, I have listened to a couple, and then the Jericho podcast, and then the occasional Jericho one, the occasional Steve Austin one, depending on who the guests are. Right. And then right. I have been watching, listening to. I mean, I've I've listened to the first uh, couple, three episodes of the Raven Effect. I have not checked that out yet. It's okay. They don't talk just about wrestling. He really is dying to talk about Oak Island with someone. Huh. But it's a solid show. And then Austin Idol. Has a okay. podcast now called Austin Idol Live. He is a professional wrestler from back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. I think he retired late '80s, maybe even early '90s. But he was never in the WWF for the most part. Uh, years and years and years ago, he was. But he mostly wrestled in uh, world class, uh, made a little bit of global championship wrestling from Florida. You know, he he wrestled for Crockett, but not during its heyday. Um, anyways. He's got a really great, really interesting podcast telling some stories and everything. and Yeah. So check that one out. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's it. Here's, I'm done plugging everybody's stuff. Austin Idol is on AWA All-Star Wrestling. Mainly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Austin Idol was in the AWA back in the late, yeah, mid-80s. Yep. 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 All right. Cool. That's a podcast. 